This episode of The Yarn is sponsored by Heinemann in their professional book, Breathing New Life into Book Clubs, Practical Guide for Teacher. Colby talked with co-author Sonia Cherry Paul about the book. In book clubs, our kids were really reading. They were excited and energized to read. And what we tried to do was to give educators lots of practical tips and strategies. You know, once you sort of think through those big pieces of the puzzles, you'll get swept up in the excitement and the fun that the kids are experiencing, and it won't feel as intimidating as we might imagine. Hopefully, this is a book that inspires teachers to light a fire for reading in the classroom. So, whether you're looking to freshen up your classroom book clubs or begin implementing them for the first time, breathing new life into book clubs is a great place to start. Visit Heidemann.com to learn more and order a copy. Welcome to The Yarn, a school library journal production. I'm Colby Sharp. Today's episode features author Kimberly Brubaker Bradley. I sat down with Kimberly during the November 2019 NCTE annual conference in Baltimore, Maryland. We talked about her book, Fighting Words. Fighting Words is a book that deals with the issue of sexual assault. The book is written for fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. In this episode, Kimberly talks about writing a book out of anger, what it was like writing such a serious topic with young readers as her audience, and her hope for the book. Take it away, Miss Bradley. This book is about sexual abuse, and it's written for fourth graders, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. Just like the war that saved my life and the war I finally won, uh, that we tried, and Jefferson Sons, which is my earlier book about Thomas's, Thomas Jefferson's children with um, Sally Hemings. I worked really hard to get an age-appropriate book on a difficult topic, uh, mostly because I think it's a long time coming. I think we needed this book. Um, I was a little angry at the start. Well, I, I'm going to qualify. I'm going to take the little away. I, I wrote that in uh, a marketing letter that's going out to teachers. I said I was a little angry uh, last year this time, and I wasn't a little angry. I was a lot angry. So we're going to get rid of the little. Um, I was. Uh, I was tired of hearing yet another story about someone who behaved very badly for a long time and nobody spoke up or believed the people who did speak up. So uh, I was happened to be in uh, between drafts on a historical fiction book I was working on. There was a draft at my editor's and I didn't know what to do with myself and I sat down and I typed out, um, I always start my, my books with the old-fashioned heading, I use courier font which looks like a typewriter. It's, I'm the last remaining person that ever uses courier font. I'm addicted to it. And so I wrote Kimberly Brubaker Brown, then I wrote my address and my email, you know, up at the top. And I went down, partway down where I'd write a title. I wrote whatever by Kimberly Brubaker Bradley, chapter one. And I just started typing. And I didn't plan ahead. I didn't think. I didn't research. Um, and by the end of the day after that I had 39 pages that were a narrative arc and I was still really angry and I just hit send without thinking uh, to my editor <laughs> and, my, and my agent. My agent called up and said, what is this? 
I said, well, just imagine I make it 100 pages longer. And she said, oh, it's a novel. And I said, yes. And she said, okay, cool, I'm in. And then um, uh, Jessica Garrison, who's my amazing editor at Dial, called up uh, a couple of days later and said, is it a novel? And I said, it will be. I, I promise you I will do the work. And she said, would you set aside the book you're working on and finish this? And I said, yes, I would. And that was early November, and I had a signed contract before Christmas, which has just never happened. I mean, they sent, um, <laughs> they sent an offer, and my, my agent emailed it to me, and then I called her up, and I said, we just say yes, don't we? She said, yes, Kim, we just say yes. That's all we say. You, you wrote, you know, an audacious 39 pages. And um, so it's, that's the story. That's, um, I, the other thing is I, um, there was an awful lot that changed. I went through seven and a half drafts in 10 months, which was an interesting amount of writing. Um, and yet the first page is unchanged almost to the word from the initial thing I sat down to write when I was just not thinking and I was just mad. It, it sounds weird. Well, I, I'm trying not to sound pretentious. I feel like this is the book I was supposed to write. I mean, this is this is one of my purposes in the world, was to write this book. This is a subject nobody wants to talk about. Uh, nobody talks about sexual abuse. Nobody gives children the words to talk about it. Um, and that's actually something I, I heard. I'm a person that people tell their stories to. Um, I don't know how that, well, I kind of know how that happened. Uh, but people just randomly tell me their personal stories. And um, over and over I hear, I didn't know how to tell anyone. I didn't know what to say. I didn't have the words for what was happening to me. Um, I had somebody yesterday, a writer, telling me, that their parents asked them if, if something bad had happened, and they said no, and as they were walking away, the only thing they were thinking in their head was ask again, ask me again, ask me again. And of course the parents didn't because they'd asked once. So it's the same sort of thing that, that these very young children don't know how to talk about it. And so uh, I'm trying to give them an example of someone who learns how to talk about it, learns how to use words to tell the truth and get the help they need. Without, mind you, being um, explicit, there's a, there's a laundry list of vocabulary. Uh, in fact, the, um, the back of the arc says a candid and fierce middle grade novel about sisterhood and sexual abuse. I am almost certain that the actual hardcover is not going to use the phrase sexual abuse. Um, those are words that don't show up anywhere else in the book. Uh, there is no words for genitalia in the book. There are no words for, um, there's a lot of, of just sort of adult concepts that we've kind of got, but we are not trying to scare the crud out of anybody. We've, we've put this through a lot of um, experts and we're gonna continue to do so to make sure we're, we're telling the story in a way that's age appropriate and isn't gonna scare kids, it's just gonna help them. You, you, first of all, you have to tell the kids the truth, um, but you don't have to 
do it in a way that makes the world seem like it's menacing. Um, there's a statistic that I learned that's there. It's it's really really hard to get accurate statistics on sexual abuse, but the Centers for Disease Control and the U.S. Department of Justice believe uh, that one in four girls and one in six boys are sexually assaulted before they're age 18 in this country. One in five of the kids that are sitting in, in you know, American schools. The one in six, I knew the one in four girls. I had heard that before. I actually didn't realize one in six boys, and I think that's even more something we can't talk about, um, which we, we probably need to. Um, I, I had that statistic in the book at one point, and, and we took it out. Uh, it's, it is in the afterward, but it's not uh, because someone said, isn't this going to terrify the kids that haven't been hurt? And I went and polled some people <laughs> and said, you know, some, uh, my daughter is, is a college student and some of her friends, and I said, you know, think of somebody telling you this in fourth grade. And they said, yeah, that would have been a scary thing to know. Okay, so we took that out. Um, and um, the, the only encounter that is at all, there's, there's, there's one page of um, an encounter that is somewhat explicit, but not in any way graphic. It's not meant to, um, it's not meant to confuse any kid or make them learn exactly the mechanics of sex if they don't know. Uh, I have some young nephews and I, uh, two of them are old enough to really like my books, but they're still young. And so I tried to imagine, you know, if, if they read this, would I have to sit down and say, you know, would they say, Aunt Kim, what's happening here? Well, I don't understand. This is confusing me. No, it had to be something that wouldn't confuse them and wouldn't terrify them. I'm pretty sure there will be pushback, uh, but I don't care because I, <laughs> I really think this is an important enough thing. And oddly enough, I mean, I'm, I'm talking to you, um, I'm talking... I presented this book at NCTE for uh, the very first time. The ARCs are brand new. It doesn't come out till August. So uh, we actually, I did the fifth draft. This is our fifth. That would be nice. The seventh draft um, between August 5th and August and September 5th, because if we could get it all the way done, we could by September 10th, which we had the seven and a half draft by September 10th, we could make the ARCs for NCTE because I was already speaking on a panel. Um, that was called Smashing the Patriarchy, so we thought it was a pretty good fit. But, um, so I've only been speaking about this a very slight amount of time, and the arcs are just into the world, and I've only had a very, very few people comment. But I've been surprised at how many people have said that we need this book, including teachers, uh, people that I thought would shy away from it. I, I told them, middle school librarian in my hometown um, about it and she said we want that for our next all school read mm. and I thought really I mean that's not I mean I hope so I think it'd be great uh, but I'm I'm surprised by it a little bit because she hasn't read it yet and I don't know if it'll be true but the initial reaction has been a lot more um, welcoming than I initially anticipated when I tell um, adults who aren't around children 
there's a, a sort of a feeling of horror from some of them, uh, but not the ones that I know of that are actually working with kids. I hope people aren't afraid of it. I hope people read it. I hope people share it with kids. And I hope we will get kids that will um, not feel alone and not feel like it's their fault. Because I think that that's what the culture of science, silence that we're having is, um, is allowing to happen. That's another thing from, from the stories I've heard is people say, I thought that it was my fault. I thought that it was something that must be wrong with me that made that happen. Um, I thought it never happened to anyone else. And by the time they are old enough to realize that not true, they've internalized so much trauma that it has changed their lives in a, in a really bad way. So. A huge thank you to Kimberly Brubaker Bradley for chatting with me. Kimberly, thank you for using story to make the world a better place. I like to thank the National Council for Teachers of English for providing me with a space for this interview. Thank you to Heinemann Publishing for sponsoring this episode. Thank you to Philip Stead for creating our theme song. Additional music for this episode comes from the Free Music Archive. Thank you to my co-host, Travis Yonker, for helping me produce this episode. Travis, I hope you get a chance to make it to Lake Michigan with your family this fall. There's nothing like a blue wave in Michigan this time of year. I'm Colby Sharp. Thanks for listening. <laughs>